You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. I felt like during worship that there were a few, I got a few words of knowledge that I want to try and, and, and one of them was depression. I felt like somebody watching or somebody that will be watching that, that depression ends for you today. That there's going to be not only this fog that's, that's like heaviness, it's almost like, yeah, it's like a fog. I feel like that there's been even some confusion that's been with it, um, almost like disorientation at times, um, just like what sometimes they call mental fog. And so I just felt like not only was all that going to lift today, but there was going to be this deeper revelation of, of who you are as a, as a child of God. Um, which moving forward was going to prevent um, any of that stuff trying, trying to come back to you. I just felt like this brand new revelation on identity was going to cause all that stuff to go to uh, or cause it to stay away. And the other one was drug addiction. I felt like um, somebody watching or would be watching dealing with uh, drug and or alcohol addiction. I felt like that the power of God was going to come um, upon you uh, and break that, but I felt like the love of the Father was actually going to be the thing that caused the addiction to be, become a thing of the past, and that the desire attached to it when the Father's love comes was going to completely remove that, um, just the way that it, that it did for me. And so, Father, thank you so much that you always want to bring freedom to people, that it's always your will to set people free that you don't like to see us suffering, anyone suffering. So thank you for your mercy, your compassion coming today. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come as the spirit of wisdom and revelation today. <laughs> In the knowledge of who the Father is and who we are. And that on this Resurrection Sunday, that we would be empowered in a new way. <laughs> that each one of us would get exactly what we need. You're the one who supplies the needs. You supply the needs. You know what every person needs. So thank you. That you're the author, finisher of our faith. That you're continuing the work in people that are watching. As it says in Philippians 1.6, that we can be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so thank you that we're going to take another step forward or even strides forward today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or your phones, your Bible on your phone, to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. If you've known me for very long or you've hung out with us for very long, I usually oppose all things traditional. Um, and that's just my, my personal thing. Uh, I oppose all things traditional in, in the realm of church, not because they're bad at all. None of, none of these things are bad traditions that we have 
are bad. They're only the traditions of men when they deny the power of God, according to what the Bible says. Um, like Jesus told the Pharisees, now that that's bad. Um, but when we have a uh, days that we celebrate certain things on, like celebrating the resurrection today and Easter, and we do uh, certain things like get dressed up or have Easter egg hunts for the kids and and do all those things. Those things aren't, aren't bad. Uh, but what I'm saying, I oppose tradition in, in the form of, I'm not looking for a traditional message to preach on, on particular days, like Christmas and, and Easter uh, I'm not looking for I'm not looking for something that I'm going to preach that's going to be related to that. I'm always asking Holy Spirit, what do you want to say today? Because I, I know that you can operate inside the realm of tradition or, or totally outside of it, and I just want to be open to what you're doing. But this will be a little bit according to, uh, or a little bit along the lines of, at least I think it will be, um, the resurrection day. Even though these aren't traditional scriptures to use. Some of my favorite scriptures to use at any given time come out of, out of the resurrection in, in John chapter 20 and 21. But John 5 has this amazing story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9, and we'll just see where we, we end up. Hopefully, since you're comfortable at home, Hope you got your, your best PJs on today, your, your Easter, your uh, pastel pajamas on today, or maybe you even got up and put on a dress shirt and just pajama bottoms, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> we can't see you, so whatever you want to do. Uh, so John chapter, chapter 5, hopefully you're okay with us just seeing where we end up, see where Holy Spirit leads us. But I did feel like this, as, as I'll mention this verse or read this verse possibly here in a little bit of Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And I said it at the beginning that, that Jesus' resurrection was our resurrection too. So this isn't just a day that we celebrate Jesus raising or being risen from the dead. That isn't, it doesn't stop with looking at what he did it continues on. It's, it's, not a, it's not a we're just celebrating what you did, but we're actually embracing what you did so that we can become co-resurrected with you. It's, it's us doing this thing t- together. The resurrection was the beginning of the possibility of every person on the planet becoming a son or daughter of God so that we could live out of the fullness of what Jesus paid for. And so it it couldn't be just the cross. It couldn't be just the crucifixion. It couldn't be just the beating that he took, the scourging, uh, the crown of thorns, the, the mocking, all of the ridicule, all those things that were prophesied about. It could not end on what we celebrate as Good Friday. Because if it ended on Good Friday and there was no Resurrection Sunday, there would be no hope for us. There would be no resurrection for us. We would be stuck inside of our old self that the Father never planned for us to be at the beginning of time. He saw us before the foundation of the world. It says in Ephesians 1 that he, he saw us in Christ. He saw us 
through the lens of the lamb, what it says in Revelation, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He saw us through that lens when he dreamed us up. And so this day is where we find out who we are, what's available to us, and then we begin to live that out on a daily basis. Because the body of Christ is is not just a bunch of people inside of a building, but it is a living, breathing organism where Christ is the head. Jesus is the head. And so where the head goes, the body goes. So that's saying that he leads us. And we as the body are constantly supposed to be moving forward into more of what he's paid for by taking back more of the land that has been trespassed on by the enemy for far too long. It's that kingdom come on earth as is in heaven. So he gave us authority, and we see that through the resurrection, that he gave us authority to be able to do all the things that he says we can do. And so one of the most important revelations that we can, that I've ever Uh, seen or was revealed to me in my short time as a Christian is this what the resurrection actually does for me besides the fact that that if we've accepted Jesus we get to go to heaven when we breathe our last breath right that that's 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 the truth and and we often say if that were the only thing going you could sign me up but since it's not the only thing since it's, it's the half of the truth, the other half is, is that you and I, when we said yes to Jesus, that eternal life started now. Resurrection life started right now. And so let's, let's read now in John chapter 5, verse 1, start, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. <clears throat> After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Jesus says to him, do you want to be made well? I want to point out that that word well literally means whole. It is not the Greek word sozo, and I can't pronounce the Greek word that it is, and I'm not going to try, but it does mean whole. Whole. So Jesus is asking the man, do you want to be made whole, physically whole? The sick man answered and said to him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well or made whole. And he took up his bed and walked. I want to point out in this story that we often use this particular passage for physical, for physical healing. And it's a great passage to use 
for that because the pool, the pool of Bethesda, that an angel, I mean, just envision this. Sometimes we graze over this, and, or at least I do, maybe you don't. And I, I don't picture what was actually taking place before the new covenant, that there was an angel that was literally coming and he would stir this pool of water and the first one, you know, first, first come, first serve. So the first one that got down into the water was made completely whole. I mean, that's, that's incredible, right? Uh, thankfully that the pool of Bethesda is no longer a location, but it actually became Holy Spirit on the inside of every single believer. And so now there's a figurative pool of Bethesda on the inside of us to where healing flows through us. And if you're there, then healing is available because Jesus is there. And the waters don't actually have to be stirred by an angel anymore. Uh, We fan into flame or stir up our own faith by remembering testimonies, by remembering truth, by being reminded of this particular day where resurrection power that raised Jesus up out of that grave actually lives on the inside of us. And no matter what somebody is going through, there it's all available inside of the believer. It's all available right here on the inside of us. It's I mean it just doesn't it just doesn't get any better than that. It's <laughs> we've got we have got it all. Like the answer to every solution, situation, every bit of brokenness, every bit of sickness, whatever it is, because Holy Spirit lives in us, Jesus is on the inside of us. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is called in the book of Acts. We can be a part of heaven invading that situation or that particular person. And so we don't have to send them somewhere. As much as I love it when people send people here, they're like, you need healing. I want to send them to, and I understand if you, if you haven't seen breakthrough and, and going somewhere to get somebody to lay hands on you, but I uh, long for the day where every single believer, when somebody says, I've got cancer, or I'm sick, or I'm depressed, or I'm suicidal, or whatever it is, every believer will know who they are in such a way that, those, that right there in that moment that they will lay hands on that person or, or pray for that person if they're across the world on the phone, whatever the situation calls for, and see the miracle happen because it's available for everyone. And the resurrection made that possible. And so, thankfully, we don't have to wait for the water to be, to be, to be stirred up by an angel. Hopefully, you're getting stirred up right now. <laughs> I know truth, truth stirs me up uh, and, and just ignites in a greater way the faith or the flame that's on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And so I didn't want to graze over that and not turn, the, turn our attention to what is a very important truth that we talk about frequently in in physical healing ministry or any type of healing that someone needs, emotional healing, mental healing. But Jesus walks up to this man and, and he asks him, he says, do you want to be made well? Now, I, I don't know about you, if you've read this story before, you've read it hundreds of times, but when I think about it, I think that's a no-brainer. Jesus asked, but he often asked people, what do you want? What's your desire? Do you want to, in this situation? He knew the guy had, had been like this for a long time. He says, do you want to be made well? And, and so I believe that there is a, a lesson in that for us 
is because I don't know about you, but I've, I've ministered to, and I, I personally, I actually, let's leave that aside. I personally have been in situations and in, in a lifestyle where when people asked me if I wanted help, I didn't, I didn't want it. And there were several people, uh, and some may be even watching now, that tried to help me when I was in the middle of addiction and the middle of a lifestyle that was, was destroying me and the people around me. And they wanted to help me more than I wanted it. And I believe that Jesus w- would have us at times ask people, do, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be out of this lifestyle? Do you want to be out of addiction? Is, is, this, is this what you want? And so Jesus asked this man what I thought was a no-brainer question, do you want to be made well? And the man immediately does, I don't know about you, but I've done this so many times, is he, he begins to make excuses of why he can't get to the, the pool of water because he believes Jesus is asking him, do you want me to, apparently from the story, do you want me to get you to this pool of water? Do, do you actually want to be, like he'd been laying there not wanting to be well. And so the man immediately goes into this dialogue with Jesus talking about, well, there's nobody here to help me. I just, if I, if I could just get somebody to get me to this location, to this pool before everybody else, then, then I, I'd be okay. And so as I read this story, I, I began to think about the situation that we're in, and I'll use myself as, as an example, as I love to do, and just be vulnerable with you. And, and so over the last few weeks, with everything that's been going on, and the, the pandemic, and how life has changed for all of us, and, and, and still going to school, and, and moving, Lindsay and I just closed on, on the sale, uh, sale of our house, and we, we moved, and all of, all of that in the midst of ministry actually getting busier for me. I know some people's lives have slowed down, and I hope you're grateful for that because it's good for us at times. But my, my, my life hasn't slowed down. It actually has sped up. And so pressure was being applied. And, and I, can, I remember the day that I started to experience stress and pressure on the, on the back of my neck. I could feel it. It was, Robert Karsten and I were up at Tri-Lakes Community Church in Goshen in, in January, and I think it was January of, of 16, and we were up there for Focus and Fire, a conference they were doing, and I was getting to speak on the, on the thing on the Saturday night service, and it was right before I preached, I felt this thing come on me. It was, it was now I know it is stress and pressure, um, sometimes pressure to perform, but some of you are familiar with carrying stress back here across your shoulders and how it gets tense and tight. Mine really wasn't like that. It was just right on my neck. And every time I would feel it, I would know that I'm dealing with this, this stress. This something is, is I'm allowing something to cause me to be stressed. And so I had been feeling that every day over this, this last few weeks. And, and, and most of you wouldn't know it unless you were my wife. Um, because unfortunately, sometimes when we're not short with anybody else, but we end up being short with our wife. I know I'm probably the only one that's ever done that, but th- thankfully, at least you can look at my example and not do it yourself. Um, so I, I, I had been short with her. I had been easily uh, aggravated at 
at situations that didn't normally cause aggravation or frustration. And then I came into the building this past Wednesday. I came into the building this past Wednesday. I was the only one here. It was before, before Sarah got here to, to start worship, um, before we did the Facebook Live uh, Zoom with David Wagner. And I started to just, I put on, I forget what it was, put on some music, started to worship, and I end up getting waylaid by the presence of God back by the sound booth. And I think when Sarah came in, I was on the floor. And while I was laying on the floor, inebriated by the presence and the love of God, Jesus began to speak to me. And what he said was, he started to talk to me about the stress that I'd been dealing with. And, and he said, you know, you weren't created to respond to stress like that. It, this, wasn't part, this isn't part of your, your nature. This isn't part of your new nature. It isn't supposed to cause a reaction that's unloving or unkind to come out of you. If it does, then you're not living out of who I created you to be. And, let's do, and, and when he points out a problem, that means it's, that he's ready to deal with it. And so last week I used the analogy of, it says it um, in, I think in First Peter, where that our faith is tested, First or Second Peter, our faith is tested like by fire, like fire refines gold. Do you know what happens when gold melts? The dross or the impurities actually rise to the top. And the hotter it gets, the more of the impurities come to the surface. And I was thinking about that after Jesus had been talking, about, talking to me about this. Because when he points out a problem, he's ready to deal with it right now. He, he's not ever pointing out problems. And he's just like, yes, you have a problem. Good luck. He's, uh, he's, he's pointing out problems because he's pointing us away from who we were never created to be and towards who everything we were supposed to be in him through resurrection. And, and so uh, I, I'm fortunate. So all this pressure, all this stress, all of the, the fire being turned up in my life through not anything that was bad. It was just, I could feel sometimes you ever feel like you're in a vice and you're just being squeezed and, and you, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm hopeful good things come out because <laughs> you really find out what's on the inside of you when you're squeezed. And what I found out this time was they're not all good things that came out of me. They did come to the surface. And I'm grateful that they came to the surface because it gave me an opportunity to partner with Jesus and what the truth is about who I am in him. And we are, are currently dealing with that, meditating on that truth. Because in that moment, he says, Let's, it's time we do something about this. And so I felt like as I was reading over John chapter 5 is that our situation, even currently, our situations in life, some people I've heard somebody call it destination disease, is that when we actually begin to get stressed, I mean, some of you are at home, I'm just going to be real with you right now. Some of you are at home with your spouse or your kids more than you ever, ever have or have been in years. And then tempers are flying and you get aggravated and we can use the excuse of, well, I'm just, we're just around each other too much. 
We're spending too much time together. We're just stuck in the house. Everybody's stressed out because of the pandemic. Uh, people are afraid. And then we start making excuses. The man at the pool of Beth is like, I just, I can't get in the water. If, if somebody would just help me, if I could get in before somebody else, then I would be whole, if I would be healed. But the truth of the matter is, is that when these situations come, they actually give us opportunity to realize that we're no longer waiting to get to a certain place. I'm not waiting for the pandemic to be over. I'm not waiting until everything goes back to quote unquote normal. I'm not waiting until like I, I, I Lindsay and I are, are working in the same house. I'm not, I'm not waiting for something because if I'm waiting for something, it becomes my pool of Bethesda that I think I just have to get to it. If I'll just get to this place, if I can just build the house, purchase the house, if I can just get a raise, if I can, I mean, the list goes on and on. I don't know what your list is. I've got my own personal list of excuses that I have made for years. If I'll just reach, if we just get a bigger building, if we can just start to, I don't, I don't know what all is on the list currently, but I know the things that are at the top of the list that Jesus is pointing out. And he's telling me that you don't need to get to that place, but you actually just need to realize that the resurrection that I accomplished is your resurrection too. That in Colossians 3, 1, it says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Now, what's, what's that mean? I can point you back to Romans chapter 6, and if you read verses 1 through 11, you, you and I see in these passages that, that our baptism was our baptism into his death. That's what happened on Friday, right? The baptism is a figurative going into a watery grave, and then we come out and resurrection happens through baptism. But I've got good news for you is that you don't have to wait to get baptized for this to happen to you. That every single person that we are supposed to... Uh, be telling people upon salvation when someone says yes to Jesus that this is your figurative baptism and resurrection right now. Am I saying don't get them baptized? No, that's not what I'm saying. Get them baptized, but don't make them wait for their pool of Bethesda moment until I get to this tub of water or this pool of water because it isn't about the water. It's about the truth. Right? I'm not saying there can't be power in the water, but I don't need to get somebody to a location. I don't need to get them to their pool of Bethesda. I don't need to get them past this situation. I need to be able to see who I am in the midst when everything seems to be going wrong and it's chaotic and it's stressful and there's pressure on me. That is when I find out who I really believe that I am. And then if I look at Romans 6, I see that after the baptism into Jesus' figurative death, I get co-resurrected with him too. And, and not only because sometimes we look at this sinful nature that's supposed to no longer be a part of sons and daughters' lives, that we actually got set free from the power of sin, but our sin nature or our old nature also involves things that don't seem to be sin, but are outside of love. Jesus said to a uh, he said to a group of people in Matthew seven, or he was that there, or he said, yeah, he said to a group of people in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe it was Matthew seven, that there'll be people that will come to me and, and they will say, didn't we do all these amazing things in your name? We cast out demons, we did miracles, we prophesied, and he said, depart from me. I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. 
Lawlessness is being outside of law. What is the law that Jesus brought? He brought the law of love. Love the Lord your God with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you'll fulfill these two laws, then all of the other ones will be fulfilled. And so how do I know that I'm not operating out of my resurrected nature? Is that I respond outside of the nature of love. Is that when pressure and stress comes or whatever is trying me right now, I think to myself, if I'll just get past this, then I'll be loving. But that's not true because that is just pointing out that the next time something like this comes or similar, I will respond in the same way if I don't face it with truth, not just trying to soothe myself or comfort myself or or doing things that might make me happy so that I can relieve stress, even though stress relief can be good. But what is even better than that, or should be at least coupled with that, is finding out what my new nature actually carries as a resurrected son of God. And so Jesus, I believe he's saying this to us today, saying he's, he's standing, I can literally see him standing over us as the body of Christ, standing over individuals and also the whole body and saying, do you, do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? Is, is this what you want? Because if you do, you don't have to get to the location that I am now the location is that if you'll just say, yes, I'll show you what resurrection actually did for you. And you can pick up your figurative mat and go into the love, the, all the nature of love that I created you to operate out of. This is what the gospel is about. I believe that in this time that Jesus is removing excuses from us. He was removing excuses from me on Wednesday night. I had lots of good ones. I don't know about you, but I, I can make great excuses. I, I, I did it for years. I'm a blame, I, was, I was for a long time a blame shifter. If you brought a problem to me and confronted me with my problem, I would immediately turn it back on you. I did that for years of of Lindsay and I's marriage too. Uh, She'd bring a problem and confront me with it. And because I know now it was because I didn't want to deal, I didn't want to look myself in the mirror and say, you've got a problem and, and you need to do something about it. I would rather deflect and turn it around on someone else. And so I brought that into the kingdom with me. The, the thing about coming into the kingdom is Jesus doesn't tell us to check our bags at the door. That all of our faults and all of our stuff and all our baggage comes in with us. And as we realize who we are, each one of those things, though it doesn't have to happen like this, this is the way that it has happened in my limited experience and the people that I, I get to be a part of their lives or people I get to serve is that often our crucifixion of our old self becomes, it, it happens over time. Do I believe they can happen all at once? Absolutely. Do I believe that it actually does happen all at once and then my mind just has to catch up with the truth that my spirit already knows? That's a better way of putting it. Is that, it, is that all those things that I was never supposed to be 
got crucified this past Friday, over 2,000 years ago. When I said yes, the cross comes into the here and now, or, or my old nature goes back to it, however you want to put it. I like both ways. And, and everything that I was never supposed to be gets nailed to that cross, and then he brings me the reality of the co-resurrection and, and this new life in Christ Jesus I get to step into, and the only problem is, is that my thinking is still messed up, and so my thinking is catching up with it constantly, and, and don't think that I'm saying that God is worried about your thinking not being 100% correct at this moment. He is not worried about that or anything else. He just doesn't worry. It's not in his nature. Guess whose nature it's not supposed to be in if it's not in God's? Not in mine either. You say, well, it's just, this is, I'm just a worrier. Well, I would, I would suggest that you stop saying that about yourself because that's not actually who you are. It just may be who you've been. I've been a lot of things, but 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells me that old things have passed away and all things have become new when I come into Christ. And so everything that doesn't line up with the nature that Jesus lived out in front of us is not a resurrected nature. See, Jesus was living a resurrected nature before the resurrection. And so he's walking out. He's giving us an example. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had an example of what it looks like. And so he's living out this resurrected nature. And, and these stories that we see, he's giving people opportunity, like this man at the pool. And he's like, do you want to be whole? You can step into a resurrected nature right now, is what he, he is literally saying, even though you, the resurrection hasn't happened yet. He, ha- he does it to people that he comes across. He does it to people that are brought to him if they're let down through the roof or, or they're brought to him in sin, whatever it is. He's giving them opportunity as he's giving us opportunity right now and saying, do you want to be whole? Do you want to live out of who I created you to be? It's not coming from striving. It's not going to come from you working harder as a Christian. It's going to come from the reality of the co-resurrection that you and I have. And he wants to partner with us in this. He He wants to see us live in situations like this. Because I can't, I can't promise you. I know as much as all of us would love to see the future. I don't often, I think that if Jesus showed me the future, it would probably ruin the way that I would live today. Um, and so I don't want to see the future, but I, there's no guarantee that bad things won't happen again in, in our nation or in the nations that, I mean, that's guaranteed in some nations. Our nation, we don't know. We don't know what we'll face. And so my faith can't be determined on this being a smooth road with no twists and turns, no potholes, no bumps, or even in no mountains to climb over. Because oftentimes I've wanted Jesus to take me around the mountain and I've seen him uh, show me and, and say to me, you have the grace 
For this mountain, you're going over it. I know, you, I know it says you can speak to this mountain if you have a, a mustard uh, seed-sized faith, which isn't very much. It's just a little bit of faith. You can speak to it and cast into the sea. But there are things that I've faced when Jesus was like, nope, don't speak to it. Nope, not taking you around it. Nope, not taking you over it. You're going to walk over it because you actually have what it takes And if you'll go ahead and walk over it, it will show you that when you face another mountain, you won't be trying to go around it or find another way or get outside my will. But in your new nature, you can actually conquer anything that I tell you you can. You can actually respond in love no matter what situation you're in, no matter how stressful it is, no matter what the bank account looks like, no matter what anybody is acting like around you, or if everybody's acting crazy, you don't have to lose it because it's not in your nature to do that. So so I want to pray with you today. I want to keep going, but I just feel like that we're we're supposed to pray and and realize that this is available. I, I know that sometimes you can hear a truth like this and it can seem so far away. I've been sitting in 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 seats or pews, and I've heard truth come out of the Bible, and, I, uh, and sometimes it was because it wasn't relatable or somebody wasn't vulnerable or transparent, and I'm thankful that people have showed me to be vulnerable and transparent. So you can see, even in the position that I get the privilege of being in, in the, in the 10, 12 years that I've been a Christian, there are still things that Jesus is pointing out. It's not like, well, you reach a certain point and then it's all gone. No, it's, it's constantly being perfected in love until I look just like him. So we're in this together. And so this truth for you, I hope it doesn't seem like, man, that's a long way away. I don't know if I'll ever get there. It's, it's not a long way away. It is right here. It is right now. It's the one thing uh, or, or whatever it is that Holy Spirit is bringing conviction in your life, that you're operating outside of the nature, the, the nature of love, whatever it is. That's what Jesus was resurrected so that we could look like love in every single part of our lives. And so if you would pray with me, Father, I thank you that we don't have to wait to get to a pool of Bethesda to be whole. I thank you that through Jesus, you've made it possible that that our co-resurrection, our new nature would would come up out of everything that we're not supposed to be and that everything would fade away that you say we're not. I thank you that there's grace for it all. I thank you that if we've responded poorly or or, or, or went off even, or done things that we're like, oh, even maybe even ashamed of. I pray the power of shame would be broken off right now in Jesus' name. That there is grace for it, not making excuses and saying that you can keep doing it. I'm saying, see what you're not, just as God's showing me, and don't do it again, because you don't have to. And so thank you, Father, that through the resurrection that we have been made alive in you, that we have been made alive in our nature as love, that our identity, I thank you that even right now that the spirit of identity is overwhelming people that are watching this. The spirit of sonship and daughtership is coming upon people 
yeah, with the reality of resurrection into our new nature. I thank you for destination disease being a, a thing of the past for each one of us. That we would no longer wait for things to get better, but we'd realize that we're to thrive right here, right now. That we can choose joy right now. That I can choose peace right now. That I can choose to be patient right now. And just like that, I can choose to be loved right now. I can choose to respond in love right now. I thank you, Father, for the reality of each one of us being powerful people that can make powerful choices of the fruit of the Spirit in every single situation. I thank you for the pressure that's being applied to every single life. I thank you that you're revealing to us that you're, you're bringing things to the surface that aren't supposed to be there. And I thank you that you're partnering with us, that you never leave us to deal with stuff on our own, but you're always partnering with us to get rid of it. Because you don't leave us with just say, clean up. I know you teach us to clean up our own mess, but when it comes to these issues, you point us to truth. You show us exactly what it is that we need to believe, that we need to do, that we need to renew our minds with ever so gently, ever so loving, even in your correction, you pull us closer to you because you're a good father. You are a good, good father. And I thank you that the world's going to see that, that we get to help show them that. Here's a prophetic word for you today, for every single person that's watching this. You were created to reveal the good father. You and I were created to reveal the good father. It's the best prophetic word I've ever gotten, not just because I gave it to you. I got it before that. Most of you already know that, but I want us to remember that we are to reveal the good father right now that in situations like this, there's the inherent nature of the instinct to be a recluse. And just because the that we're separated by distance doesn't mean we can't connect with people virtually. It doesn't mean when we go out to the store that we have to avoid people, even if they're, you're, you're staying six feet away from them. You can still tell them Jesus loves them. You can still pray for them for a distance. We can all still do these things. And so I'm saying this to myself too. And Father, we thank you that no situation wasn't already pre-planned for by you. No situation. I feel like that some of you are in this moment right now of, have been most this week of I, I, I really don't want to use this analogy because it's it's not it's not honestly comparable, but I hope that it paints a picture is that Garden of Gethsemane. None of us are facing what Jesus did in that. Please don't think that I'm saying that. But it's the same way I feel when people compare themselves to Job. Nobody went, nobody's gone through what he's went through, what he went through. I'm just trying to paint a picture. I hope you understand. It was that that stress that it's been so real and, and so apparent and so overwhelming in a bad way to you. Um, it, it's it's been like you've wanted to quit, like you've wanted to give up. That you thought that there'd be an easier way. I could just I could just go back to this way. It would be easier. 
I, I pray right now, I, I just even feel like I don't even need to pray that God's releasing the grace to empower you right now to come up out of that moment and show you how strong you are in him. Not your own strength, but his strength. As Paul said, I'd rather boast in my weakness so that the power of God or the strength of God could be revealed through me. And so realizing that we're weak or that, that you feel weak in this moment is important to acknowledge that. Important to even maybe confess that to God or somebody around you. But grace is coming now in Jesus' name to empower you. It's not over. This isn't it. This isn't your end. This isn't the end of your story. There's a whole lot more chapters left. I even saw this book and I felt like that that somebody had started to write. You started to write and you just gave up. You started writing and you're like, this isn't for me. Even though you know that God has called you to write, um, not just journaling. I feel like that somebody's supposed to be writing their story. Maybe this word's for me. I feel like somebody's supposed to be writing their story. And you felt like, I don't know, if you're using the excuse of writer's block or you're like, I, I just having a hard time right now. Uh, put this away for later. I feel like the time, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you the time is now. The, the grace is now. I'm not saying the grace will lift, but, but you can do it right now. The, the writer's block is, is going to go away because it's not really writer's block. It's actually just shifting your perspective and writing with the Father. You're not writing for Him. You're writing with Him. <clears throat> his story it's his story it's his story yeah it's his story I just feel like peace is blanketing every person that needs it peace the kind of peace that destroys chaos yeah I even feel like there's been people that have thought in this situation is I don't know if we'll make it through I don't know if it's your marriage or your relationship that like we're just gonna we might break up over this it might be over I'll tell you right now that's not true that's not the truth I can feel the spirit of reconciliation coming into your house spirit of reconciliation coming into your house yeah I see it I see the power to choose love between both of you but, but you're only responsible for you you're responsible I feel like as you step out and take that that choice, I choose to, to be love. I choose to love. That the, the power, that thing that came, that came to separate you is going to be destroyed. Yeah. Remember in this time, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy when we're stressed and pressured and all the things that we don't like. He takes opportunity. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for whole hearts right now. Thank you for whole hearts. For some of you, this has been amazing because it's been a deeper heart connection. I want to encourage you. It, sometimes we just speak to the things that seem to be going wrong so that we can speak truth into them. But I want to encourage every person that's been connecting to Jesus deeper, that you've actually used this as an intimate time, that you've used this as a time to actually connect with him on a whole new level a, a time to uh, read more a time to pray more a time to worship more and ultimately a time to just to just be with him 
I want to encourage you. You're being an example to those that are around you. God's going to use you as an example, not just in this time, but it's going to continue. It's going to continue. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in in everybody in the Revive family's life right now. Thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives. Thank you that for what you're teaching us. Thank you for what you're even showing us through us having to be online in this holiday. Thank you for how you're shifting our perspective and <laughs> dismantling some of our traditions that don't have any power. Thank you. I know I need it. I don't know if anybody else does, but I thank you. I need it. Consume us, if you would, all over again, Father. Consume us with with you all over again. With that resurrection power that you made available to us all, it would fill to overflowing every single person that's watching. Come, spirit of resurrection, come upon into every person so that rivers of living water would come forth from every one of us in every aspect of life, every opportunity that we have right now, that we release those rivers into people's lives, into our places of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for joining us. I want you to know if if you need some extra prayer, um, send your email to support at revivetheworld.us. If you if you need some prayer, we'll figure out a way, even if it's it's typing it through email or if somebody calls you, depending on what the situation is, just send us an email. We'll figure it out. We just want to make sure that you're getting individual prayer if you need it. Know that you're not alone in this. I know that it can feel isolated when you're in your house, depending on your living situation and how often you like to go to the store. I just go to the store sometimes just to be around other people. I don't know if you like to do that, but maybe you're, But if you're afraid to go out and you feel isolated right now, we want you to know that you're not alone. So reaching out like that may help you, and we want, to know that, want you to know that we're here for you. If you've got, um, if you're running into a situation where you need other kinds of help, the list is endless. I don't need to name them all. You know, you know what help you need. Please reach out to us. Let us know what it is and, and see if we can help you. We love you guys. Hopefully you'll be, a, be able to be around some family today, even if it's on FaceTime or Zoom or whatever it is. Hopefully you can get with somebody today. Know that we love you and we hope that we will see you uh, back here on Wednesday night. You guys have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.